Yeah. Don't cast the drive. You know I had to return the favor, right? Ha! Wait for the drum. Once upon a time and without a warning Came a super dope chick from California Don't cast the drive, that's on every street, man Hosted by V from the 7th Street Band Hey, Don't cast the drive Don't cast the drive Don't cast the drive Awesome. Welcome back to Don't Cast and Drive, a podcast showcasing artistic folk near and far. I am your host, Veronica Tyler Christie, otherwise sometimes me. I am luckily lucky to give a warm welcome to Full Distilled, known gamer, as well as a comic artist, rap artist, artist, musician, <laughs> does it all basically. So like she's very colorful on her end of the interwebs. So yeah, welcome Full Distilled. What's good? Thanks for being here. <laughs> so, crazy fact, how I met Twill is actually there was some uh, Twitter beef going on. <laughs> and that's how we bonded. I mean, all great bonds start with a little beef. Uh, <laughs> but the beef wasn't between us. It was between, unfortunately, another nerdcore artist in the in the uh, world of nerdcore. And uh, he really hiccuped and thought it was okay to appropriate uh, black talent and so the nerdcore world shut it all down and that's how we kind of came to be because I said some shit she said some shit but it was all truthful shit you know what I mean so I'm glad that we bonded over that but <laughs> sometimes honestly sometimes the best friendships start over a mutual hate for someone and like I noticed that's like the cattiest bitchiest thing to say but like oh, totally. as an Italian woman I'm telling you Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> no fury <laughs> like nerdcore bitches who ain't gonna put up with shit no more. So, uh, yeah, I, especially like as a white female artist in a mm-hmm. predominantly black genre of music where it is mm-hmm. rooted in black culture, mm-hmm. like it was just like, how can you say these things as a Mm-hmm. couldn't be quiet anymore so <laughs> yeah I don't want to give yeah. his name his name too much air but I'm sure we all know a diss right. track came out of it god bless uh oh my for that uh so and some other I, like I was... disconnections that happened too that that were like you know it's better to learn from those disconnections because right. it's like how much do you need to understand the gravity of someone's of actions situation. Until right. people actually call you out on your shit. And I mean, like, right. loads of people, not maybe, not the couple of people who've tried and then you're like, oh, you're overreacting. Right. Well, I mean, and, like, with this particular individual, like, this wasn't, like, the first or second time he had done this. Mm-hmm. Like, I had been told, and I'm not going to name any names because people mm-hmm. told me these things in confidence, but, like, I had been told by, like, 10 people at, like, one point, like, and they were all you know, people of color, um, mm-hmm. of, you know, indiscretions they had with him, um, mm-hmm. and things that he had said or done to them. And I was just like, I know you have been addressed and you have been talked to yep. multiple times, whether you were on tour in the car with someone who, you know, was nice enough to bring you on tour, not going to name any names, whether it was, you know, in a nerdcore group where he, you know, spattered off and I saw multiple individuals. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. so I just want people to know, like, if they're tuning in and they're not aware of what happened, it wasn't like, 
you know, I just got on the internet and was having a bad day and didn't have my coffee. Like that was mm-hmm. not the situation. It was very much right. a, you have done this multiple times and I'm going to fucking drag your ass because you yeah. are not going to listen otherwise. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not here for it. So yeah. And I'm so glad you came through about that too, because I saw all, I saw your whole ass thread. I'm like, whoa. And then for me, I don't really give a lot of mercy to people who decide to thrive in an art form that was derived from the initial struggle um, yes. of the black community. Right. Um, you know, especially being someone who is black and has grown up, who has been raised in a low income, in low income situation. Right. Um, And where rap is used to be expressive and poetic and, you know, we try to transcend ourselves by creating new art forms that show our worth. And then once people figure out that's cool, like they dive into it and create their own genre about it. Right. And so, and I mean, the freeing thing about poetry, right. You can write poetry about anything or whatever. And so that's what they, that's what he did. Um, But I, I just don't, if you're going to take an art form and thrive in it and then think it's okay to come back and then apply for something that was supposed to be for the black community. And you think it's funny that you didn't get it because you're not black. That's not, that's that's not a joke. That's taking Mm -hmm. away opportunities from somebody who could have also, who could have properly thrived in that and who that person should have been black. It's, it's not cute. And it's like, (laughs) I just don't get it. Like why would you like, why like, yeah. where did your brain, like, forget, like, you know, and I, and I give this lecture to all my jazz friends, too. Like, right. if you're in jazz and there's a, and there's a, like, a, if there's a protest or if there's a civil rights movement going on or if there's some sort of big movement happening, you need to be there to step up and say some words and say some things that are supportive because you are thriving in something that was not originally yours and not culturally right. yours. Yeah. Like, be woke about it. Like, be, right. like be educated and you know these are black oh sorry I'll just I think the problem is too I think honestly a big problem because I I have had this conversation with uh Lady J Mm -hmm. and Osiris and Kim a lot Mm -hmm. and like I am so thankful I have those three in my life because Mm -hmm. they have been the tried and true friends where I was not always great about this you know I was very you know I thought I was woke and was not woke you know Um, And I'm still on my journey to wokeness. Um, But, you know, they were willing to be like, Twill, no. Like, and, you know, they were willing to sit down and talk to me and like, until I finally like understood it. And I think what's truly unfortunate sometimes is that, and I'm in no way like trying to make excuses for people who do these things. Mm -hmm. But I truly think it is very uncommon, at least in like white culture, to have mm-hmm. conversations like this because growing up for me it was just like well we just don't talk about it and if we don't talk about it then no problems can arise out of it right, it's kind of like right. you just like chew it under and for white folks where it's just white people and they're very uncomfortable and they don't have someone to educate them and they don't have a way to learn about it that's just what you know and mm-hmm. that's just what you do and then like mm-hmm. so when i you know started with wreck the system and then i eventually lived with them um it was a very eye-opening experience, mm-hmm. um, but I was very, 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 very lucky to have them and Chubzilla and just constantly like educating. But I had to learn to admit, I don't know everything mm-hmm. and it's okay if I don't know everything. Right. You need to shut up and listen. Right. You know, it's okay that you don't understand the Black experience because you're not Black. 
twill, not V. Um, you know, and that's okay. What you can do though is shut the fuck up and listen and yeah. then be an ally when your friends need you. And absolutely. And be mindful. Like, you know, yeah. if I, I, I said at one time, like the greatest privilege is being able to have judgment about a situation without having the experience in it. And that's, that's something that a lot of white people think that they can judge other cultures and judge other like trends and make all this judgment, but they don't really have the experience in those things. I will um, say, and so, oh, sorry. sorry go ahead, please, 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 please. Uh, I will say like, you know, uh, for those who don't know me and like everything, like I, I am in a group called Reckless System. I am oh, yeah. Yeah. the awkward white girl out of four people and everybody else is black. So, and I say that because I'm trying to be funny, um, but also it was very eye-opening being in a group, being the only white person, because for the past five years, we've been a group mm-hmm. for five years, holy shit, um, we will go to events, we'll perform, we'll get booked. The way I'm treated is very different than mm-hmm. the other three of my bandmates. And the thing is, is like Lady J is really the owner and the leader of the group. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times people will come up to me and because I'm the white person, they assume I'm in charge. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no. She is, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. um, I lived in their house for a few months, uh, when I moved back to the DC area and like, even living in a house of black people, like eye-opening, like there's just Mm -hmm. no real way to really explain it. Like I was like, oh, it's just, it's no big deal. Like I'm just going to be rooming with my friends. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. even like the way they had to be in their own home and behind closed doors, truly like it it makes me furious that they have to be a certain way in their own home because like, yeah, that was never something I had to think about. Like the way that their landlord would treat them. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times they would come over. Landlord will only take cash. Half the time the landlord would purposely like count it wrong. And I'm like standing there watching. Oh my gosh. I mean, just terrible, terrible things. And I'm just like, you know, so I'm I'm telling you white people, if you're listening to this, this is not made up. This, Mm -mm. this is real. This is real. Nobody's making this up. It's not a dramatization. I'm not a paid crisis actor. Like not at all. Not at all. It it's disgusting and it's real and it needs to be talked about. And so that's why I was really so angry with this person. Cause it's like, like you said, like this is a genre of music that's beautiful. I, I forget who said it, but hip hop is the news of the street. It's the music of the streets. Like it tells, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is a wonderful genre and it can span so many topics of conversation and stuff, but you don't get to take a genre of music mm-hmm. <laughs> that's rooted in black culture, take it, bastardize it, you know, mm-hmm. to do whatever the hell you want with it. And then mm-hmm. make jokes at the community for your own expense. Like, yeah, you said it absolutely perfectly. And that's what I was like trying to get to. And then I'm like, <gasps> you know what? You're here on my podcast and I'm here to hear your words, not mine. So like, I need to like sit down and let you, let you do this, but no, like, yeah, absolutely. And that was like the most infuriating thing about that whole situation, but let's actually kind of recenter (laughs) ourselves here. Let's recenter (laughs) ourselves here. And I actually want to know about you. Um, so yeah, that's the story of how we both bonded and now we're forever sisters. (laughs) Um, so yeah, Twill, tell me like, how did you get into doing like rap and hip hop? Like what was, what, what made you jump into that pool? Oh man, that's going to be the widest answer ever after that. Great speech about So, um, okay, okay, okay. 
we're gonna we're gonna take a journey back into time boys and girls um sorry um and so a long 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 time ago on the internet there was a website called encyclopedia dramatica which is pretty much the wikipedia of internet drama um and i used to make music for their website they made official content for their website and it was not very nice and all those songs are gone for good reason um i was not a nice girl it was was very 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 bad but because of working for them they kind of operated on the like dark web hacker scene things like that Mm -hmm. so i'm very much got into hacker culture the hacker scene um computing all that stuff because of that experience one time ago so Mm -hmm. all that and it's now 2013 i'm living in new york city and Mm -hmm. i'm going to hacker parties (laughs) and my friend says to me one day he goes have you ever heard of this guy called whitey cracker and i'm like oh my gosh oh my gosh what's a youtube cracker and he's like Oh my god. No, Whitey, like your skin. I was like, oh, that's so funny. Oh my god. And so he he's playing me Whitey Cracker's music. Those who don't know Whitey Cracker is a nerdcore rapper who does predominantly hacker rap. So instantly I'm like, holy shit, this is awesome. Like I had never heard any other nerdy music before. Like uh, things ended really bad <laughs> with ED, um, which comes to no surprise to anyone because it's a terrible, terrible website. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped doing music for a few years. I was like, no, I'm done. This is bad. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And so that is actually what got me back in. So I heard Whitey Cracker rapping and I was just like, there's a genre for this. And so I started diving in more and more and more and more. And I was like, I really want to do this. Like, this is really awesome. Like, I like rap music. I like rap music a lot. But I was like, I can't really be a rapper because everything I was hearing was not stuff that related to me. And I was like, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, yeah, blam, blam, blam. And I did a fifth of Coke or whatever. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> right. You know, like, but that's what I was hearing on the radio. And that's yeah, yeah, like yeah. What was, so, not all rap music is like that. I, I know now. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that is what initially got me into it. I had hacker friends who were really into it. They were like, you used to make nerd music. You would really like this. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is something I can do. I can sing. I can rap. I can make nerdy music again about computers. And so that is like how I got into it. And then funny enough, the first person I met in. The wow. You're like the official, like you were the first official e-girl. Like, no, your first official e-girl for rap like <laughs> no there were other um I mean so the funny thing about nerdcore is that it's been around for a really long time like mm-hmm. and apparently like there were other like the genre started in like the early 2000s I mean it's been around for a minute so there were other female nerdcore rappers before me so I'm definitely not the first um right, right. I'm not you know <laughs> but um yeah, it was just, it was awesome. First person I met in the scene actually was, oh my, he found me because I did a cover of a Whitey Cracker song and I just like, was like, okay. That's so funny, hacker We're rap. friends now. Yeah. And then he's an, also another hacker. So he's it's like. Well, this was when he was still in the Navy too. Like before he started oh, wow. like his, like he was still in the Navy and doing his degrees and stuff and whatnot. So I didn't even know he was like doing hacker rap because he has like normal, just funny nerd music and mm-hmm. now he's got a bunch of hacker rap stuff which is phenomenal mm-hmm. um but yeah 
I'm also Italian and I tend to talk way too much. So I'm very sorry to ramble on and on, and on but yeah. yeah. Oh, you're totally fine. Yeah. Wow. That, that's absolutely incredible. No, the world is small, especially in the nerdcore world. Uh, so I, I'm actually really ecstatic to hear like that's how you met a couple of people uh, already. So uh, tell me, tell me a little bit like how you got into like wreck the system. Um, I mean, I just, again, by us bonding on Twitter, <laughs> I then had to like, you know, do my research to see, okay, what's up with it? What's up with her? Where she do? What is up? What is up? I see comics, but what else is going on? So right. I saw Wreck the System. I saw a couple things, like a couple of videos that you guys did at an airport, which was, was awesome. <laughs> and then um, I also saw the the video that was dedicated to MacFest, mm-hmm. like do the do roar. The roar. Which, yeah. So I thought that was really cool and that you guys were able yeah. to like get a video together, like based off of a bunch of B-rolling that you guys did at the, the hotels and stuff like that. So how did Wreck the System come to be? Okay, it's a long story, so I apologize. I so know. it's a little bit of a continuation of what I just told you. Um, so I, I'm into rap music. I'm like, this is cool. I'm going to be a rapper. I'm terrible, but I don't care. And so because of my previous drama, I stopped doing music. And I stopped doing art and I stopped going to anime cons because I didn't want to go to conventions anymore mm-hmm. because I was afraid I was going to be recognized. I got like docs the whole nine yards. It was terrible, right? So I was like, I'm not going anymore. So wait, docs, you said? Mm-hmm, I was docs at 19, had my oh, nudes no. dropped. It was awful. Um, oh, that's the worst. I... That's another. <laughs> yeah, we, if you we'll want to talk, talk about, about it, we can yeah. talk about yeah. it. Yeah, but we'll, we'll circle back to that. So yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, I got docs internet was like after me it was awful zero out of ten would not recommend (laughs) um i'm able to joke about it now so it's okay um so get into nerdcore and i'm like you know what this is stupid i want to go to cons i want to see people perform i want to perform like how do i make this happen so i started reaching out to all of the old conventions i used to go to uh, that I used to do artist alley tables at. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, I've been here before. I've been, you know, a guest before. Da, da, da. I'm now shifting gears. I'm doing music now. Do you guys have any like performance opportunities? Da, da, da. One con got back to me and it was T Mode, um, which was an anime con in the Baltimore area and it is no longer around. Rest in peace. Um, it was fun. And so they had a mixtape event on Sunday. It was Easter Sunday, so you can imagine the turnout was awful. Um, but that particular weekend, that T-Mode was the same time Create Lady J had just dropped her album, Our Fantasy 2. So she actually had like a big like album release party and album mm-hmm. release show and everything. So she was just walking around on Sunday when, you know, the rest of us were kind of doing this like small in this like back corner like she didn't even know it was a thing she was just walking Mm -hmm. by and I happened to be on stage and she was like wait there's there's more nerd rap this is awesome so like let me go check this out because there's other girls in here and she was there you know promoting and networking so she saw my set and she she and I like exchanged info and talked and I unfortunately had to go so this was April 2014 I want to say ish okay and so at the time I'm now living in Ohio it's now fall of 2014 and maybe it's fall 2015 I don't know anyway um, time flies when you're having fun (laughs) it was so long ago (laughs) one of those years and so she calls me out of the blue like six months later um 
because she and I become friends on Facebook and like we Mm kind of kept in touch but not really and so I'm like in the car with the guy I'm dating at the time crying my eyes out because I'm like this is going nowhere and I am awful and I just feel like I've got to give up like I don't know what I'm doing with my oh my god we we all been there (laughs) maybe I'm just not meant to be a musician and and I got this call in like five minutes with this girl and I don't even know her and if if she says she has some project she wants me to be on and if if this doesn't go anywhere I'm done I'm quitting music and it was create lady j wanting (laughs) wanting to get me on a project so she was like hey we're gonna make this mixtape for the nerdcore community um it's going to be called tokens we're going to sample all these old school arcade video games we're going to do like a traditional mixtape it's going to help me promote my studio because she runs and operates a recording studio in the dc area mm-hmm. and you know would you be interested in being i was like fuck yeah hell yeah cool she's like so here's the thing though i don't really know a lot of people in nerdcore and you seem to know a lot of people in their core and I was like yeah that's true I'm on the internet way too much and she's like yeah so can you <laughs> introduce me to a few people who might want to be on this and I was like I got you you know so I help her with tokens goes really well we're, we're vibing everything like that we get a bunch of artists who are like active I should say at the time we're on it um and then we've got another side story so we're gonna put this on pause Sorry, it's a very long, dramatic story, but it's all worth it, I promise. Um, so then you've got Osiris Green. Got Osiris Green. And Osiris was, you know, couch hopping, living in his friends' houses, like all this stuff, not knowing what he was going to do. He had just dropped out of college to pursue music. It wasn't going well. And he had that same moment, you know, like, all right, I'm going to give it one more shot. And if I don't win... I'm out. So he entered uh, Jack Daniels, Jackin' for Beats, um, freestyle competition. He won the entire thing. Oh, he beat yes. out. He like was the number one out of a thousand MCs. He won. Wow. And Jay and Cam happened to be in the audience that night watching. And so after the show, they approached him. They're like, "Hey, like that was really awesome." <laughs> this is who we are. We'd like to offer you some free studio time. Like it'd be cool to like network. We're also doing this project called tokens. <laughs> and so he was like, what do I got to lose? Right. So now they've got me joining in on the party and Osiris joining in on the party. We've got Lady J and Cam. They've been friends since like middle school. Tokens goes great. Right. We release mm-hmm. tokens. It's free. Nerdcore scenes buzzing about it. Everyone loves it. We dropped it at MAGFest. We shot the ah. war that first MAGFest. That MAGFest was my first MAGFest. It was Osiris' first first con. Osiris had never been to a convention before. And so that first MAGFest we shot to Aurora. We also got booked at a private party. And that was like our first time doing a show together, but we weren't actually a hip hop group. We were just kind of like, originally kind of like a collective. Yeah, yeah. you know, ever it was like, oh, and now Lady J's going up. Now Twilda Still's going up. Now Osiris Green's going up, right? So we perform at this private party. We do like these insane long, like two hour sets at this private party. Yeah. 
everyone starts calling us Rectus System because we've got t-shirts, we've got jackets, we're there promoting the recording studio, which is called Rectus System. Mm-hmm. And we're just there as solo artists <laughs> and everyone just automatically lumped us together like, nope. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and that is how Rectus System was formed. <laughs> and um, the Mac Fest like community really, really embraced us. Everyone really likes to do the roar. Um, it's really a ton of fun to perform at mag events because people just go nuts i'm sorry i'm rambling um but yeah no that that truly is like how we formed like it was just a bunch of us and we were just so tired and ready to give up and jay was just like give it a shot and we were like okay and we are all very very glad we did no that's that's just awesome from there No, I, I love it when, when things kind of organically meld like that. I know that like Cam and uh, it sounds like uh, Lady J were just, you know, kind of just trying to put all the pieces together for their like bigger projects. But like, I'm glad that like, you know, one thing led to another and it just got like, you know, just promoted all this happiness and hope for, for your music career essentially. Yeah. Cause like, trust me, I, I mean, you see a music stand back there, yeah, but like, yeah. I too have had moments where I'm sitting there like laying down like that meme where you have your hands on your belly and and it's just like just tears everywhere. I'm like, is it even worth it? It's not worth it. it. Nope. I'm I'm quitting. I'm going to become a radiologist, even though I know nothing about radiology. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I will be working until I'm 90 years old. Like it's just this whole like self-doubt and definitely I'm, I'm glad I, I'm not glad that you went through that, but I'm glad that we all kind of go through that whole like existential dread, like it's not worth it, man. But it is, it totally it is. is. Well, um, I will say I almost died when I was 16 and that put a lot of things into perspective. So uh, a lot of times why I tell the story too is like, A, I want people to know like life is too short, go do the damn thing. Like yeah. seriously, if even, if you were to start right now, even if you're 40 or 50, whatever, go do the damn thing. Because mm-hmm. if you never do the damn thing, you don't get anywhere. So yeah, you're so much yeah. better off trying and seeing where you get, because mm-hmm. you literally have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Because if you just sit there and do nothing, you're never going to get anything. Absolutely. The second thing too is I want anyone listening to this to know everybody has this moment. Everybody mm-hmm. has that moment of, I'm going to give up. I'm going to quit. I suck. Like, you're not alone. If this mm-hmm. is something you truly love, please don't give up. Mm-hmm. You never know what you may be missing out on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And like anybody who's having that moment, like just reach out to somebody, reach out to yeah. somebody that you were talking to, like find a way to like spark that joy. And also remember it's on you. It's, it's yeah. not like you twill, but like it's on yeah. you to like, really like just remember like, okay, whatever I do, I'm not going to let go of that thing that's been holding my foundation. So yeah, okay. no. Absolutely. No, but that's so, that's so cool. So, I mean, I also, I also noticed that you also have other collaborations. Like I saw that you had a song with Schaefer, the Dark Lord, who mm-hmm. is just the sex god of nerdcore. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I love Schaefer, oh my god. He's been absolutely like a doll every time I ran into him, but, um, but yeah, no, that's cool. And then like, also I saw that you guys have other projects. Like I saw that you guys did a AMV for Reboot, which yeah. is old school tsunami. like, holy shit. Like, I was like, oh my God, my heart. Like, every I time love- I mentioned Reboot, everyone's like, Reboot. I'm like, but <laughs> look, listen. No, it's the best show. Just, you gotta like, you gotta look past the graphics, kids. Because I know, I know their old school <laughs> story is, it, it's so good. I can tell a million stories about Reboot. People know show, but oh, such yeah. a good show. 
I just re- I just really like the whole like oh my god we have to play another game and it's like this whole like cube thing that just drops down and then they're in a different realm and they just have to figure it out. It's like the doomsday escape room. Right. Like, it's great. It's it, great. So no, I really loved that. Like it was really really great. Um, so tell me about then. I mean, I know you got your, your music side of things, and I also do want to talk about uh, VPC in a little bit. Uh, because holy shit, I've been listening to the tracks and this is the first time I've ever heard about it. So oh, okay. I feel like impressionable and green to this whole You're thing. Good but, uh, tell me about like your comic life. Like what I didn't realize that, I mean, not all rappers draw their own shit, but like no. you definitely have like more to you than just like doing the music thing. So tell me about that. So I have been drawing as long as I can remember. Um, I actually went to school for fashion design, worked in the fashion design industry for a while. Um, My skills got recognized and I got pulled out of designing clothing and was quickly shoved into the art department. And I ended up being a graphic designer, which I'm like, I should have just gone to school for graphic design like I thought I should have. And so I do work full time. Like my day job is I'm an art director. I work graphics, art, all day long. Um, And so what a normal day for me though is like in the comic world is I usually I'm at my computer at 7.38 a.m. I get all my work stuff done. I'm usually done with all my work tasks by about 10 a.m. Don't tell my boss. Um, (laughs) He knows. Um, And then I literally am drawing all day. So I do a weekly web comic um, on the popular Ooh, my brain is jumbled. I've been drawing all day. Um, on the popular app Webtoon, I'm on a Webtoon canvas. I'm not an official series for Webtoon yet, mm-hmm. fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, I do a weekly web comic, um, and it's up every Thursday, 8 p.m. EST. And mm-hmm. I literally am at my desk from probably 10 a.m. till sometimes midnight every day mm-hmm. drawing this comic. <laughs> it's definitely a passion project. It's something I wanted to do for a very, very, very long time. And finally I'm getting the opportunity to do it. So I'm doing and it. This is the webcomic, The Adventures of Starhopper and Husky. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. The color so, for girl hair. Yeah. The color for girl hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've had her as like a character, like I've had her story and like design and everything since I was in middle school. So mm-hmm. it's been a long time coming and there's a bunch of other series that are buried deep away in here that hopefully one day will come out. Um, but yeah, it's, I have a lot of respect for manga artists and official comic book artists because it is it is definitely a lifestyle you have to love to get mm-hmm. it done. Um, but it is a story about a young woman who is given the chance to tell everyone like what's going to make her happy and and people tell her no, <laughs> essentially, and they yeet mm-hmm. her off into the universe and she's being chased by a bounty hunter. Um, and it's just like this big coming to or coming of age story. And it's also is like, the bounty hunter, like the, the Piccolo slash Moogle character. Like, is that <laughs> okay? I'm, I'm scrolling through it right now. And I'm just like, it's, it's great. <laughs> thank <laughs> I, you. I love so, the, like, the little emotions that you have in here. And the girl is just gorgeous. Like, I'm thank like, you. I really like how she like seems very happy. And this guy looks obviously frustrated because he's, he's been, He's my little Napoleon, and he's very angry and very strong, and nobody takes him seriously, which is just super funny to me. Um, and he's just like, oh, you're my prisoner, and oh, I'm going to take you in. I'm a bounty hunter, <laughs> la, 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 la. And she's like, no, 
you're cute though no um and they end up traveling the universe together and becoming friends and on this journey of self-discovery um but it is a story effectively that is I was talking to Shubs about it the other day. I'm going to pull my spark notes real quick so oh, I quote this correctly because um, if not, I will ramble. But first, story, first point I want to make is that it is okay to, in this comic, it is okay to change. Uh, it is okay to grow. Mm-hmm. It is okay to admit you are wrong. It is okay mm-hmm. to change your mind about what you want and you do not need to forgive everyone. They're, not everyone deserves a redemption arc. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that in this comic that I'm trying to teach the audience, hopefully younger teens. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are life lessons that I wish I had had mm-hmm. at a certain age because I right. grew up in an abusive household. So mm-hmm. these are things that I wish, like I wish I had a source material to read and like understand. Mm-hmm. So that's also a big part of it. It's like, it's okay to be happy-go-lucky. It's okay to keep smiling. It's okay to keep going, but it's also okay to be sad. And it's okay yeah. to like... So okay, I want to have like, these feelings, like they're valid. <laughs> yeah, they're valid, yeah. And if somebody's trying to tell you that, like, you don't know what you want, or somebody's trying to tell you that your feelings aren't real or valid, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. but don't fuck them. But fuck them, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's one of those things that, like, you know, when you grow up with the families that you grew up with, like, there is a sense of, like, there's cultural shifts with like generations. Um, And so what you may want to exert with them doesn't exactly ride with them. Um, And like, don't get me wrong, like my growing up for me, it was just like um, one of those things where I wasn't allowed to, you know, bleach my hair or like, you know, or if I thought about cutting my hair, they're like, why would you do that? Or anime was like considered, you know, what people say was that's gay, that's gay, even though that's, then proper use and to use that word, but like, you know, and it was just like one of those things like, wow, I really can't be myself. And then, you know, and it's really great to have media out there to just show like what you're going through right now isn't exactly correct. So then that way you can grow up and manifest to be who you are, but it sucks when you're stuck in that situation that it's hard to even thrive and blossom. Um, Is it okay if you want to talk to talk about your barriers with that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of that actually already in the comic that's been published. Um, I expect this comic to run for at least two, three years. So I'm like, it's like, I'm always like tripping over things because I know how things are going to end and how things are going to go, but I'm trying not to give too many spoilers because I want people to read the damn thing. Um, okay. Just as long as you're not like Attack on Titan, I think you're good. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, Interrupting that show real quick because I'm so mad about it right now. I'm just like, why do I have to wait until the winter for the last episode? I'm sorry. Um, she, so the main character, she's a princess. She's grown up in this planet. And when you become of age, you turn 18, you have to go, if you are of nobility, right? You have to go to the royal court and declare what your true meaning of happiness is. And if you are deemed to be correct, you're allowed to stay and do whatever it is that your heart desires. And if you're deemed to be wrong, you um, take classes, learn how to pilot a spaceship, and you are shot off into the universe to go find your real meaning of happiness. Um, Only one person in the history of her planet has ever been said, like, yep, you got it right, which is her older sister, who is like, Mm -hmm. 
Little Miss Perfect. Um, and the main character is like a rebel. She doesn't really want to be a princess. She would much rather go hang out in like the poverty sectors. And she sneaks out of the palace and likes to play sports and all sorts of stuff. And so she goes to the royal carts and she's like, look, there's a problem on this planet. Like we, we've got segregation, we've got poverty. We have all these awful things like in you, like we, the royalty, like we're stealing their sports, we're stealing their culture, we're stealing everything and they're, they're suffering out there. Like, give me a chance to fix this. I want to fix this. This is what I'm supposed to do as a, like a royal person. And they're like, no, you're an idiot. This isn't real. Um, and so they kick her out into space um, pretty much to kind of just like get rid of her. Mm -hmm. um, and like her parents are very, very cold and abusive and not very loving. And so the moment I really, really like one of the first like turnaround moments the series has is like she's in her spaceship and she's going off into space for the first time. And she says, okay, Anna. She goes, no, okay, star because that's like the name she's given herself. And she's like, if I'm gonna be out in the universe, people are gonna call me star. I'm gonna dress the way I wanna dress. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say and talk mm -hmm. the way I wanna talk and I'm gonna go do the thing. And like, yeah. I think when you're a kid and you graduate high school and say you go to college for the first time or you leave home for the first time, like that moment is so powerful in your life but it's also very scary because it's like, you really truly get to start your actual identity of who you are but like in a way you've been told your whole life well you have to be this person or you have to act this way and like do you conform to those rules that you've always been told you have to or do you say no I'm on my own I'm gonna do my own thing you know like mm -hmm. and it's a very real scary moment that I think a lot of people go through um I certainly went through it um throughout college and all throughout my 20s like refiguring things out um so that really for me is like the boundary in my comic, um, in my life, it was just growing up and I'm sure you've had the same experience too because we're similar in age. Um, yeah. Geek stuff, anime stuff, cons, like it wasn't cool back then. You know, so it was like, definitely a guilty pleasure. Uh, telling my college peers that I was going to fan anime, it was not something I'd tell them. Oh they would have to find out, they would have to find out. Like one person I actually bonded with in college where he was conducting the black and white ball because he also didn't tell people. <laughs> so he's like, hey, you. I'm like, hey, you. And he's like, you didn't see me. I'm like, whatever. And I just like walk away. But yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> so it wasn't cool. And I said earlier in this interview, I almost died when I was 16. So I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And my parents didn't believe me that I was sick. Like um, my mom worked full time. She was like really never home. Mm -hmm. So I heard a lot from my bio dad. We don't speak. Um, why are you faking? Why don't you want to go to school? What test are you secretly hiding from? What project are you doing in the middle of the night? And so I like I literally almost died. Like they told my parents when I was in the hospital, like, you're lucky you brought her in today on Tuesday, because she would not have made it until Friday. Mm -hmm. And hearing that at 16 is very scary. Um, cause it was just like in the span of two weeks, like almost yeah. dying. Um, so that experience, I mean, I remember sitting in the hospital being like, everyone expects you to go and be a music teacher. Everybody expects you to do this. Everybody expects you to do that. I almost died and I didn't even get to be myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I remember sitting in the hospital bed thinking these things like, oh my gosh. So I said, 
I want to go major in fashion. I don't want to be a music teacher. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go do this. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. So, um, that changed a lot. Senior year got a lot better for me, but mm-hmm. my whole life I've been in the anime and had no problem telling anyone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like two years in high school as anime club president was an anime club in college. I mean, anime club, anime culture, anime, everything like that literally has been my whole life. And I'm really glad I've had it because it gave me an outlet and it gave me a way to escape when I was being told I couldn't be who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, you know, that was the barrier I constantly fought against. I do have privilege of being a white cis female where a lot of the things I wanted to do is what was kind of expected of me. So I didn't have to fight back on that too much. Mm-hmm. I'm very much female. I love being a girl. I love dressing up. I love doing, you know, girly things. Um, but like the whole, like, uh, you can't be an artist, you can't be an anime, video games are for boys. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Like, that, those were the things, and I feel bad being like, those were the barriers I fought, because compared to a lot of the other struggles people go through, <laughs> that's really not much. Um, I'm just rambling, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, you're fine. <laughs> you're absolutely fine. Yeah, no, I, I, I just like to piddle paddle off of these things, right? So, like, okay. <laughs> Uh, no, it, it's, it's definitely like one of those things like, yeah, like expressing that I liked anime, like it was childish, I'm not taken seriously. Um, well, you know, even like leaking that in the mm-hmm. workplace or college environment, I just, I felt like I was treated slightly differently. And then I go, oh, and then I would have to be palatable about it, right? So then right. I would like get all nervous, like, oh, shit, like, I don't want to like confess that I'm into this stuff because I I'm a loser. And then, then I would go like, Oh, not really. I mean, I watched Tsunami growing up and that's about it. And then, then I would like sit there like in another room, like going through my head, like, why did I lie? Why did I lie? Like, I didn't need to do that. So um, it's just, it's crazy how like, you know, I'm almost turning 30 and now I'm okay with like telling people like, yeah, I like, I like anime. So what? And it's like, but it's unprofessional. I'm like, uh, your gaslighting's unprofessional. Uh, So I guess we're even. (laughs) Right. Well, and and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I have always been told by my Black friends, it's especially harder in growing up Black in the Black community, Mm -hmm. saying you like anime. So, yeah, so like with my, I was very lucky growing up for myself where my, the person who exposed me first to anime and video games was my uncle, Mm -hmm. um, who was my mom's, my mom's brother. And so he would bring over the 64 and he would teach us how to play like Mario Kart and Mario Party. And like, we would play all the old, like we played Donkey Kong 64. So like, he really got us into that. And then he let us be kids essentially. So like if we were, he was kind of like our primary guardian while my mom was working um and so she it's not that she wasn't around because she didn't want to be she just had she was the she was the provider so that's how my mom was so yeah I get it yeah and so uh he would just let us be kids and let us be dorks and like he also liked watching the old school Voltron uh, he hates the new Voltron, but he loved the old school Voltron oh. and the science and the science. Like <laughs> He's a real teddy bear. Um, oh. <laughs> but yeah, like, but him, he like allowed us to have personality about it where like my dad growing up, like he's never going to listen to this, but like, he was just like, he was like weird about it. Like where if we got too much into it, he was just not about it but if but he would definitely like make fun of like dragon ball z and then watching dragon ball z because he used to watch a lot of old kung fu movies like bruce lee's movies and all that stuff he would see 
Dragon Ball Z and be like, oh, this actually is like pretty cool stuff. So it had to be a hyper masculine for him to really get into yeah. it. But the Sailor Moon stuff, he was just not about it. Powerpuff Girls, not about it. Like he was not really into um, like uh, Tenchi Muyo, hated it. Like <laughs> it was just like he only wanted the really like super masculine yeah. stuff. And but and like if my brother was watching Sailor Moon, he would actually try to drag my brother out of it. Oh my god. Um, and he was just little, like, he, at the time. Yeah. He, my brother doesn't care now. He watched all of Naruto and, like, finished Shippuden and watched, and reads the manga. So he's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, other than that, like, kind of bringing it up to, like, my other parts of the family. Like, yeah, it's very traditional. They're very traditionalistic, is what I'd say. Where if we bring it up, it's like, oh, it's the devil. Or, oh, it's, like, that's not going to get your life very far wrong. And, you know, it's all this dumb, like, I'm not into it. And it's the same thing with my dad's side of the family. Like, they're not really into it. My cousins are. Um, But, yeah, like, as for, like, being black, too, I did see some friends in middle school kind of suffer through it a little bit. I did have, like, a small core group of boys who were black who liked anime. Yeah, so... Going back, uh, there was always, like, the differences of, like, how these Black boys in my middle school, they were much different than the Black boys in my middle school who wanted to act all, like, extra hood or try to implement what, um, you know, what the true, like, project culture was. Because I lived in the projects in the Monterey area. So, like, there was the kids that would just, like, be there, stir trouble, because that's what they've seen that their dads and uncles have done. So they want to mimic them versus the boys who watched anime who are like, we just want to watch anime and be left alone. And we don't want to do all the dumb shit that you guys are doing over there. Like, we're just trying to play it cool. Um, and then also I remember this one boy would get made fun of because one time he tried to grow out his hair and straighten it and it just didn't look clean at all. And I mean, like it didn't look fully flat and you, if you, obviously if there was moisture in the air, it would just poof up. And of course he got made fun of. And so he just had a hard time because he wanted to be like, not only watching anime, but he also wanted to be kind of like have the whole emo style. And like, he was trying to come to be, but of course the other black boys have made fun of him for that. So like, he was also having trouble. So it was just, I can see being a black boy watching anime and trying to be like, like a full fledged anime fan is like what I want to call it. Cause like, then you learn like, Oh, my hair doesn't do the same thing or where do I identify with these characters? And I'm glad that there's better representation now. Like, you know, attack on Titan had that black character come out. Um, and then in fire force, there's a black character voiced by um, Zeno Robinson, uh, who's also a black voice actor. Um, and then my hero academia, you have Mirko who is uh who is black and so it's just it's really great to see that the representation is growing um and but it took so long for it to get there it went from sambo looking characters to now we have some like stronger looking characters who actually don't you know look like a caricature anymore um and so i'm really glad that's getting to that so that way black audiences can relate more to the story instead of me having it more as like a fantasy i mean anime is a fantasy in general but you know like representation matters representation definitely matters and i'm glad that there's more of that but the poor boys in my neighborhood yeah i just i think about them all the time i can think about like who it is like sup josh waters if you're listening to this (laughs) or marcus if you're listening to this like and cameron who's listening to this like i you guys i think about you all the time when it comes to these things but 
you know, anime conventions, meeting black boys at anime conventions, though, all they... Mm. what's funny is that they've always been kind of troublesome because they get into the worst shenanigans <laughs> and i mean like the alcohol shenanigans that's a whole different story but it, it turns around to where it's like now that they're on their turf they're like let's fuck shit up you know <laughs> yeah I I like you is. and and your group has had a lot of shenanigans on your guys's ends <laughs> um i mean and to add on to that, I mean, that was part of the reason why I wanted to be anime club president is because mm-hmm. I really wanted to provide a safe space at school for kids to come to, to mm-hmm. just enjoy anime and make friends. Because like, it started as like a five, six member club and then my sophomore year and then junior year, I became president. I was president mm-hmm. junior and senior year. And I grew it from like a five, six member club to we have like 30, 40 members, which like, for high school, that's pretty decent size, but, like, you know, I may not have been, like, best friends with everyone, but I definitely watched a lot of people make their new best friend at right. this club, you know, because they mm-hmm. could just go and relax. Nobody was going to mm-hmm. come and bully them. Nobody mm-hmm. was going to come and torment them. Like, we just mm-hmm. were there to just enjoy anime. So, yeah. and Osiris has talked to us about this because, like I said, uh, Bagfest was Osiris's <laughs> first convention ever and he told us like you know growing up I always wanted to do these things but like I was made fun of or like I felt like I couldn't so I I feel so bad because like I was very very fortunate where I mean my parents made fun of it but I just didn't give a shit (laughs) just like I don't care like I want to do it um but I will say as to representation matters it absolutely does. And um, one of my favorite rappers in the scene is Samus, who's a black woman. I love she, her. I love her. Oh my God. <laughs> but she has a song, I think it's called Perfect Dark. And she talks about how black girls want to have a hero too. Um, mm-hmm. I actually drew her a fan art piece because of that song. Like, cause the first time I saw her perform that it hadn't been released out yet. It was before that album came out. Mm-hmm. And I was just sobbing in the audience because it just it really it broke my heart to hear like the the lines where she talks about I tried to draw a superhero and the first thing I could think of was a white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes and you know it it doesn't really hit you I feel like when you're a white person because oh no I know exactly what you're talking about she's describing like Tifa Lockhart's and and like all those girls and mm-hmm. you know even her alias samus yeah like, is a white woman yeah is a white woman right. uh, with blonde hair and that was like i'm sure when these characters were designed like obviously like that was like the the top like you know big boobs mm-hmm. long hair yeah. um that's what was like powerful and at, at or considered powerful like i'm not right. gonna say it was powerful but like you know the blonde the blonde fetish fetishization right. of blonde women <laughs> blonde blonde women blonde fetish okay sorry go on uh, be, <laughs> focus uh, but yeah like um no i was listening to that and i think that's in the album pieces in space mm-hmm. um and yeah when i when i first heard her rap i heard her rap live in oakland um with a with a nerdcore showcase and then I also bought that same album that night and like, yeah, I was crying too because yeah, I had a hard time growing up and trying to cosplay. Like I didn't feel right. And also being a plus size girl too. Like 
being a plus size girl and trying to find a character and also being like like you know dark and having big hair and not hair that would stay flat like it, you just feel really defeated like oh is this really for me and right. initially i mean it's designed to be entertainment but entertainment you there's so much reflectance that you do off of that like is this something i'm able to do is this something right. that i belong in like am i trying too hard am i why can't you, i see myself here exactly yeah so, so yeah like, even when i was listening to her like i was like wow and even samus like you know having darker skin than me is also probably has had her fair share of obstacles right. that are much different than mine Absolutely. um and so yeah like listening to that stuff i'm glad that she was able to open that doorway i feel like she was one of like the very earliest ones earliest rap artists who were able to open the door of like hey i'm sexual too um, mm -hmm. But I also want people that look like me in these things that I enjoy, you know, and I'm, I'm really happy to see that. When I first heard her perform that song, she said at the end, like through tears, like if you are a content creator, put us in your games, put us in your books, put us in your movies. And mm -hmm. I remember sitting there just being like, when I do my comic, there will be a representation, God damn it. And so, I mean, there is, there are black people, um, sorry, my eye. Um, it's okay. It's flaking in my eye. Um, there are black people in my comic. There are lots of different races and animals um, in my comic. And it was really, really important that like I spent so much time like figuring out how to draw black hair and trying to make sure that the storylines I wrote for these characters did not fall in that typical like mm -hmm. black best friend stereotype who's only there to oh my god. The plot. So yeah. like the Latino yeah. best friend, the mm -hmm. black best friend, but right. never the main star. Right. Yeah. So, um, and you know, and then I felt like such an asshole because I'm like, here I am trying to make my comic inclusive and include different types of, you know, races and uh, everything. And my main hero is a blonde girl with blue hair. <laughs> it's okay. I, I'm not going to, yeah, I think it's fine. Like, I mean, at least like, you know, there's more visibility with, with the different races. And of course, like, you know, I, I mean, there. Everyone's gonna have like, and I'm not saying you obviously did, you didn't do this on purpose, but like everyone's gonna have their own biases based off oh, yeah. like how they see themselves in their story too. So like right. that's okay. But like the fact of the matter is like to see you being proactive, and I know I'm kind of taking this onto social media to see you being proactive about, you know, about speaking out for like those who are suffering, and then also like really laying in it with other people and creating dialogue. Like, I think that's the most important thing that you're also doing in supplemental of like what your media is doing too. So like, yeah. I think it's absolutely great. And I'm really glad to see your strength in that because who we like, it's so exhausting I, <laughs> to just I, be like, Hey, there's a problem. There's right. no problem. There's a problem. There's what a problem. problem? <laughs> well, and like, I get very angry and frustrated and tired, and this isn't even something that affects me day to day. And I'm like, if I'm this angry, frustrated, and tired, I can only imagine how they actually feel. Um, and the other thing too is, and I'm gonna sound like an asshole when I say this, there are some white people out there who are just not gonna listen to black people. Just, oh no, absolutely. No. But they're more likely to listen to a white person. So if I have to be that white person to be like, Hey there, fellow white man. You know, I will. I will be. Um, 
had to toot my own horn. Uh, Osiris always tells the story about how I drove over to the studio one day and Jay was late and she was not picking up her phone or replying. We're all like, is she okay? And we get a text message from her and she said, hey, I'm sorry, I'm running late. I got pulled over by a cop. I should be there in 10, 15 minutes. And then the next text we got was, oh, it's going to be a little bit longer. They're making me get out of the car to search it. And like, we knew where she was. She told us like her location. And like my first response was, I'm getting in my car and I'm going to go drive over there and be the biggest fucking Karen because this is ridiculous. And Osiris had to like, be like, you're not allowed to leave the house. Do not go there. And he was just like, he later was like, it really means a lot that you were willing to run towards the cops because most people will run away from the cops and I was like I don't want my friend to be another statistic like there's yeah. a big problem in this country and it's yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely no and that's it's definitely scary and it yes. thank you like no seriously yeah. thank you for always like being there and like you know hopping right on top of it like that's I what, that's I what feel your energy <laughs> I I'm over yeah. here in California and I feel your energy and so like your, the energy is definitely appreciated um and yeah no I I absolutely feel it like you know I sometimes play the halfway card because uh, you know my my mom is black but my dad is white so um sometimes like I have to code switch a lot. Um, there's been a couple of times I've had to pull like other friends out of situations or I had to be the distraction. Um, but there's also been other times where I've had to like, you know, like step in for friends who are like the victim. And I said, Hey, knock that shit off. And then I take the beef. So that way they go away right? or like they can leave and escape and do what they need to do. Cause I've had to do that a few times, like right. through college at bars, like it's, right. I it's think, devastating. It sucks when I, when it's like, what side am I choosing today? What right. do I, and, and also what really plays into fact is like, what do I look like with yeah. my hair flattened down and back into a bun? Like everyone thinks right. I'm more palatable and presentable. So if I get engaged with being more aggressive, like that person's willing to get aggressive with me, but there's no violence. But if my hair is big and poofy, like that's another gamble I have to take or depending on what I'm wearing, you know, it's, right. it just, I'm glad to have the versatility, but at the same time, it's absolutely terrifying. Cause like, what if I'm presented the wrong way and then something happens to me, you know? Right. And that's, right. that's awful. And that's something that everyone has to wake up with or like going to sleep and not knowing that if you're even going to wake up yeah. and that's the absolute worst. It's um, really disgusting. And I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I mean, that's really all I can say at the end of the day too, is like, I'm just so sorry because I this is the, one of the first conversations I had with Rec was in all honesty it was like this is my past I used to work for this reps website I used to do a lot of racist shit I'm very sorry I've learned from it I've grown from it I don't do those things anymore if you don't want to work with me because of the things in my past I a thousand percent understand I will never hold anyone against mm -hmm. me like those were things I did in the past I'm sorry mm -hmm. I said I also understand that I will never fully understand what it is to be a black person. I can mm -hmm. educate, I can empathize, mm -hmm. but I will never a thousand percent understand the things that you go through. So please like, please help me and educate me if I do something wrong and I don't mm -hmm. even realize I'm doing it, you know? And I think it's a really important conversation for anyone to have. I mean, like, I think- I think it's great. Oh God, 
I think ahead, even sorry. just females understand this in general because there's a lot of things girls put up with that we think about every single day that men do not you know so like in that way not to say that gender issues are the same as racial issues um but you know there are certainly times where it's like okay well i have to be the really pretty funny girly girl to calm the situation down or i have to be the aggressive bitch to get people to listen to me at work you know like Mm -hmm. and it's not exactly the same as code switching but it's definitely the best way i can explain it to people who don't understand the racial struggle. It's like, okay, well, as a female, have you ever had to do these things? Didn't this make you uncomfortable? Didn't this make you like have pause? And, and it slowly starts to be like, oh, mm-hmm. oh my God, you know, so. Yeah, yeah I, I found it that until I get upset with my friends um, is when the dialogue happens, when I yeah. try to be kind and bring it up early on, I've, lost a lot of connections as in like friendships because um when i try to open up the dialogue they i've always been often like hey that's not actually legit that's actually not real do you have statistics how about you do a lecture on civil rights how much do you know about martin luther king you know as it goes into that and then once you know instead of barking back at folks i use silence to distance myself. So like if I'm not engaging with you on social media or if I'm not inviting you to gatherings or if I just straight up not texting you to see how you're doing, um, then I get, oh, what's going on? What's happening? And then a big thing will happen and like a thing will surge. Like last year with George Floyd, oh my God, I had to like turn my phone off. But like, then I would get the, I didn't realize how shitty I was being, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, why did it take a traumatic event for you guys (laughs) and why are you using my me to to find your comfort that you're not racist and i never said that any of my friends were racist um i just consider that they're that they're blissfully ignorant because they haven't been impacted by what's happening but once they realize like oh it's a bigger issue then they like come and find me and i'm like i don't want to hear it because like this is overwhelming because you're all coming at me at once Secondly, I have tried to bring this up and you guys have thought I was tripping. And thirdly, like I stopped talking to you for a reason. Like I stopped talking to you for a reason because like I'm not being listened to. So if I'm not going to be listened to, I, I could try to fight, but it takes so much energy. So I'd rather just split, keep myself to myself and let you live your life until you realize like what you're actually doing. But, you know, I've also learned to like, as much as I try, I want to try to change my environment and create dialogue, like it's not for everybody until something big happens and they don't want to seem like the bad person all of a sudden. But sometimes I do have to be the person to say like, oh, great. I haven't heard you for months. Well, actually you have been kind of shitty, but I don't want to hear it now because you waited until now to say something like it. it, And that's what happens. Like I've luckily like those conversations are fewer to none, but yeah, it just sucks when like I try to be informative and then right. I get shut down and then try to be proactive and they don't want to hear it. So yeah, and I move on and it's not hard for me to make friends. So it's right. like <laughs> I had this conversation with Shubs, um, because she does a lot of the same thing where she's just like, I and I can't obviously speak for Shubs, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, you know, this doesn't go on the record, but she pretty much said something to the effect of like, I she's very happy with her life and the people who were in it and the things that she's doing she's like i don't have time to always be 
a teacher, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's one of the things I try to do when I do have the time is like, I stay behind. Like, I know we had an issue with the female nerd court group. I'm still in there, still trying to harbor relationships with some of these girls because I've been in their shoes. I've been that dumb 19 year old white girl who's going off to college doing dumb racist shit without realizing how fucking racist they're being, mm -hmm. you know? And like, I think about it a lot and I have a lot of guilt about it still. And it's like, it took me until my mid twenties and people who gave me chance after chance, after chance, after chance. And I was very, very fortunate because not everybody gets that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I try really hard if I'm able to break that barrier down and build mm -hmm. a relationship and educate, mm -hmm. I will. But, you know, there's only so much you can also do. There's some people who I've built really good relationships with and we've mm -hmm. had good conversations and they're learning. And then there's other people where I've tried to like, and it just, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it's like, I feel like at least I tried, but it's yeah. also exhausting and not everybody has the time to do that. And it's also like, if you're so much of an ally and you're so woke, like you claim to be, you should be educating yourself too. You should be proactive yeah. about this too. Yeah. There's a cost to trying to make everybody happy. Um, yes. And by trying to make everybody happy, you can't leave out truths. And, right. and that was the one of the things I had issue with, like, you know, leaving that group is I didn't, the thing is like if if we're gonna have like a solidarity group where like we're we're out here we're the minority of this genre cool and then you have a section where people can air out their grievances and hopefully like someone will get back to with like a little bit of mentoring great but like the thing is like don't be ignorant about you know and this is kind of circling back to the beginning like don't be ignorant about what your friends are doing like if your friend is doing some racist shit and you're you're sitting there being like wan stop making fun of them wan it's like we're we're gonna fucking roast the shit out of this person because they're doing something absolutely well, ignorant unmindful and stop making excuses for this person right. be the person to be like hey dude that wasn't cool, cool. Yeah. um science is being compliant yeah and then also let out the people who are mostly impacted by that situation like air out their grievances and say like of course, like people of color are going to respond back saying like, yeah, this is fucking shitty because he has that privilege to make that a joke. Meanwhile, we're still over here suffering and we're still over here suffering, trying to make names for ourselves, and you're just taking away opportunities thinking it's funny. Like, right. of course, we're going to air our grievances out and that's and be pissed. Yeah. And yeah. And of course, like being an artist and and slipping up like that, you're going to have to expect that. You're going right. to have to expect the internet torches and pitchforks for a while because, yeah, you fucked up. doesn't matter how you apologize. doesn't matter how, like, wh where, how you apologize. The fact of the matter is you didn't think about what you did. Right. And then you have friends who are enabling that, and that's why I left that group because there was right. people saying, like, stop it. I'm like, uh-uh. I'm hearing a lot of stop it's, and I'm hearing not a, but I'm not hearing enough ally, allies. I'm not hearing enough allies. So I'm going to get out of my, get out of that situation before I get really, really nasty about it. And that's what I have to do because it's like, I thought it was one of those things, you know, it was a nice, it was a nice time when it started. Um, but you know, I, people started showing their colors and like, if people grow, like if they right. grow in that group, you know, like, let's say if you're there and you're being a great mentor and people are growing and they are improving how to be better 
without, you know, and understanding the balance between being too nice versus standing up for others. Like if that's, if that comes to be great, but like at the same time, that still doesn't take away how you impacted yeah. yeah. And also yeah. other folks who are in that, who are in that yeah. chat, like same thing with Shubzilla, who, yeah. who I talked to about that and sorry, Shubs for like referencing you. We it's all love you. here. We love if you, you want so us to much. stop, like just roast me <laughs> Please next time you see me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and then other Nord, Nordcore women who are also part of that group who also needed, a, who are just like, listen, I have the worst of it. And you guys are over here saying, stop making fun of my friend and saying like, instead of checking in, you know, and even if the check-in doesn't have a response, at least be the person to check in, you know, yeah. and then say like, and then apologize being like, I'm just checking in. I just care. I just want to make sure you're okay. It's okay if you don't respond. And that's all you have to say. That's all you have to say. Cause I understand that feeling too. Like last year when everyone was checking in with me, I'm like, I need a cigarette and I don't smoke. <laughs> so but yeah um is it okay if we can talk about vpc yeah absolutely okay so vpc for me is a new new thing even though you said it's been going on for six seven years mm -hmm. um and so when i first started the hype started seeing the hype train on it for the nerdcore hip-hop group on facebook i'm like what the hell is this weirdo shit is this another like white side of nerdcore thing again like i'm just gonna like let it air out and let them do the thing. And of course, like, you know, shout out to RJ, who also, um, he works for MAGFest as well. He kind of cued me in on like what was going on. But I'm like, what is this, RJ? This is weird as fuck. And he goes, no, 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 this is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, um, RJ. He's so dope. <laughs> Like I, I, I'm now a little bit more invested because I have a lot of friends in, who are doing VPC. So, yeah. um, you know, I'll, I'll let you explain in a second. I'm so sorry to ramble, uh, but you know, you have only one Ronin and we got the Paladin and we have, um, you know, uh, DJ Ty Tyoken in there. And like, you know, I have a bunch of homies in there. Mark Cooper, the prowess. Like I, I see them all and I'm like, whoa, everyone's doing it. Even Kadesh Flow is coming out of the cuts, coming back into doing this, you know? And I'm like, wow, I got a lot of homies doing this. So what is this? Please tell me your side of doing VPC. <laughs> okay. So I, when I first joined Nurkur, it was during VPC3 and VPCs, what also got me very like excited about the scene. So VPC stands for Vocalist Producer Challenge. So that's where mm -hmm. they get VPC from. Uh, for those who are listening and don't know, um, she knows. I'm not trying to twill-splain to her, but I'll give a little education to our listeners. Who yeah, not please, know. please, please. Um, <laughs> and so it's a team of two. Has to be a team of two. You can't do both. Many people have tried. It's not mm -hmm. allowed. You will get disqualified. Mm -hmm. um, so one person gets the role of vocalist and one person gets the role of producer. And there are five challenges that are put out um, through the person who co coordinates it. Uh, her name's Whitney or she goes by Caesarina. Mm -hmm. And um, she's been doing it like almost the entire time. It started originally with someone else and then they kind of took over. Um, and yeah, there's five rounds. Each round has a different challenge. So like, you know, one round might be like, okay, you can't use any snares in your beat. It has to be a different time signature than 4-4. Four, four, and, mm -hmm. you know, that's the producer challenge. And the vocalist has to use multis this round and you have to sing your hook, you know, and you have to talk about this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, but it's a really, really great way. I love VPC. It's a great 
I think community building because so many people, I think in a lot of Facebook music groups post their shit and they leave, like they don't interact. A lot of people don't listen to it that way. Um, so with this, it's, it's a community thing. Like everyone's listening to each other. Everyone's giving each other feedback. There's cash prize, like it's community pot, um, which is, I mean, that's hella cool. Like, yeah, you know, and it's, it's all volunteer ran. Um, it is a true labor of love. So again, I just want to say thank you so much to Whitney, uh, Beaker and Jordan and everybody else who's on the VPC staff who runs this every year. Cause it is, I think about the amount of work that goes into it and I get very overwhelmed. <laughs> like it's yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. And you're also, you're doing artwork for not just your group, but like you're doing artwork for a couple of the other groups too. Like I saw this, ha- the, the hybrid Steven universe artwork. I'm like, yo, I love it. <laughs> so, I need her to do stuff for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do a lot of, I do sleep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do all the artwork for Wreck the System as well. So they really needed someone. And I was like, what are you looking for? Like, how how complicated is it? And when she told me what she wanted, I was like, okay, how would you feel about this, this, this? And she was like, I love it. And I was like, cool, I'll get it to you by Friday. <laughs> like, I got you. Um, so yeah, there's now an artwork challenge which they haven't really done before. It's not really affected into your score, but it's just kind of like a fun bonus thing. Mm-hmm. But like this year I'm doing it again with my friend, um, Johnny Hackenslash. And last year he was the producer. I was the vocalist. So we swapped roles this year. So I'm oh, nice. producing and he's the vocalist. Uh, we're Sailor Doom this year. We're Sailor Doom remix. Um, I mean, it's just fun. It's a good way to get to like, if you're new to the scene, you don't know anyone. It's a good way to like hear a bunch of new artists and figure mm-hmm. out like, Hey, you know, I really like this person or I really like their sound. Like, let me, let me go dive into their uh, discography because it can be very overwhelming to join any kind of music scene yeah. and try to figure out who to listen to and who to get to know. And like, that's one of my favorite things about that, about VPC is that you've got old school nerdcore people. You've got new school nerdcore people just jumping in, creating, being fun, um and just coming together as a community and that yeah and I absolutely love the and I closely follow the nerdcore hip-hop group um because you know I do nerdy podcasting so like of course I'm always like over there like kind of just looking out for those who I want to interview next but um but also like you know I've done a couple of nerdcore songs here and there but like I try to keep myself hush hush because like I don't want to pile on more projects at this time I know I know I know I'll share after the interview. <laughs> There's a bonus like hidden diss track somewhere too. So anywho, I going to need to hear these. Oh, I will definitely share these with you. Um, so, uh, so I love the scrambling of everybody. I need a producer. I need a vocalist. I need a producer. And it was just so comical to see this like I wish someone would have made an anime about this just because of how how like I perceive the tone of people scrambling to find somebody in like and I feel bad for a couple of artists who had to drop out because like you know it just didn't work out but um but yeah it was just funny because then like I'm over here like recommending producers and they're like I already got someone and I'm like no (laughs) for me it was great because like John and I already knew we were going to work together again this year so it was just like Oh, is that so? A struggle. <laughs> okay, well, 
we'll see you all in round one. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Love it. I Even Rec did that. Even Rec, because like Jay, Cam, and Osiris like formed their teams last minute. Because Jay, I think, was like a week or two before the PC started. She was like, well, Allie's doing it. So Cam, do you want to do it? And he was like, okay, why not? And then Osiris was like, well, shit, Twill's doing it. Jay's doing it. Cam's doing it. Like, fuck, <laughs> you know? And so he ended up um, pairing up with one of the producers from the studio. Uh, oh, like, okay. Last yeah, I'm, minute. I'm looking at the roster right now. I see Create Lady J is with Cam. So that was easy. So that was yeah. like, hey, hey, okay, you know, yeah. just like, just like yell across the hallway. Hey, you want to do this? <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I think I even have like the text thread where they were like, so VPC. And I was like, yay, friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that's so funny. But yeah, I'm seeing like a lot of like people who are like together and like, obviously like some of these, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then some of these other ones, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize these people knew each other. Mm-hmm. And I also see people that I've also done a nerdcore cipher with at a con. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't know like JOJ was going to be in here. Like, holy shit. And I love Jay. I absolutely love him so much. Like he's such a cute teddy bear. But anyway, yeah, like I love the hype train for this. I love the crunchy memes that come out of this. Oh my even God. though I don't have- KKMVS ha- <laughs> has. I don't think you were in the scene last year, right? I wasn't in the um in the for- chat exactly last year. No, or okay. the the Facebook group. Right. So there's a team called KKMVS, which stands for King Kong Mega Dong Shlong. Oh my and- God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they started this thing last year where they literally like just like once or twice a week would put out a VPC meme about their team winning first place. And it just has become this like Oh my god. Like everyone like even in our round zero track, I was like, you know, call me psychic, but KKMDS is gonna win first place. So we'll get second place instead. Suck our dicks, like, you know, like because it was like, oh, there's no oh way So, like, there'll be times when people are reviewing tracks or things like that, or like having podcasts or live streams, and everyone gets to KKMDS. They're like, best track of the round. They're going to win this competition. It's already, it's already been projected. This year's winners are going to be KKMD. Like, it's just, that's my favorite VPC meme. So, if you ever see me being like, oh, KKMDS, oh, it's, it's just chef's kiss of memory. Yes, no, I love it. I love it. Yeah, and like I said, it was like the part of like the internet where I'm like, what is this? Like, what am I looking at? Who's annoyed? I'm waiting to see who's annoyed. I'm like, are we good? Are we good? Okay, okay, we're good. (laughs) No, but I absolutely love it. Like, I love it so much that I'm now feeling like I want to get involved for like next year. So like, now they have a new person. Some people too, like, some people will drop out halfway through or like some people will join like the second or third round and it's not because like they know they're not going to win but like they'll join in because they want the feedback you know Mm -hmm. and you know so that's always an option too like you know if if anyone wants to produce for my girl Vera her you know like (laughs) right it's a good way to get feedback it's a good way to network it's a good way to meet people so oh Absolutely. And like, yeah, and I I feel like I really bond with this group a lot, especially like, I miss conventions, like in person conventions, especially. So like, I mean, luckily enough, like I keep in touch with a lot of the Mag West people through a Slack channel. So like, that's great. But like, as for like, the in person experience, like that was like a release. So like, I absolutely miss those a lot. And I'm hoping like, the world gets to a better place. So people can be together again like this. 
But how are you feeling about yours? Like I listened to some of your guys' tracks. I saw that you mixed in a little bit of your rhymes in there uh, with for your Sailor Doom, right? Was that you? Um, for round zero, yes, because round okay. zero wasn't an official round. So round zero is a thing that people will do like, oh, we know the VPC is coming. So okay. our team put together a track just to be fun. So okay. yeah, this year I put, I had like a little feature. Um, so uh yeah no i'm the producer oh that's right because you did rhapsody and be better yeah rhapsody would be better that's a clever so that's a clever yeah i like john it. john popped that up so um john was actually so hackney was one of the artists i originally heard in vpc3 when i first joined the scene and i was like man i really hope one day i can collab with this guy because he's just so great and funny da, da, da. but he'll never want to work with a kid like me right and now we're so um it's funny how these things work but last year he produced for me, which was super awesome. He's a talented fucking producer. He's such a nice dude. Like just honestly, one of the nicest, sweetest people you will ever meet. And so I had such a good time. I think we were like halfway through VPC six last year. And I was like, you know, one of these years, Jay and I are going to team up together, but next year, if you want, like I'll produce for you. Like he was like, really? I was like, hell yeah. Like Sailor Doom forever, man. He was like, yeah. So we ended up doing it this year. Um, and early in 2020, we found out he had cancer, mm-hmm. um, and he's doing much better now, but, like, that was really, like, I was really scared. Thankfully, like, they caught it very early, and from what I know, like, he's doing great, so yay, um, but it was also really scary to watch my friend have to go get, like, surgery in the middle of a pandemic while having yeah. cancer. Yeah. Um, so I'm just really, really really I feel fortunate that I get the chance to even work with him this year because mm-hmm. I was very worried last year that I was going to lose my friend um and it wasn't even like super dicey but just you know super scary man like um but he he is just so fucking funny and he's so smart and he has amazing great ideas and the thing I really like about working with him is like it is a true collaboration like there's sometimes mm-hmm. I I do music with people and it's like they're really just like a feature or afterthought. I'm like, hey, do you want to be on this? Or like, they want me to do all the work and, you know, and I, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I work with him, it is it is a true collaborative process, which I love. He, he is a true creative. He does not have enough fans. Like, <laughs> I, I'm a very mean, bitchy girl, okay? And if I don't have something negative to say about you when I have negative things to say about pretty much everyone, that's how you know you're a good person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I know where we, where we all need to fit in the bar now. Um, is there anything that you want people to know about VPC that anything else that you're doing about VP, like your end on VPC before uh, we kind of come to a close with this podcast? Sure. So if you are watching or even participating in VPC this year, vote 10 on Sailor Doom Remix. Give everybody else fives no just kidding um talk that talk please 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 please, please. if you do give us a 10 thank you um but please don't like one bomb vote people because people will do that they'll just like vote one Mm -hmm. on people's tracks to like because they think they're helping their friend or they think they're being funny and like we work really really hard on these tracks um so you know just just be kind it doesn't mm-hmm. take very much to be kind. Yeah. Um, but the other thing too is like, 
if you listen to these and you like them, let people know you like their track. Like, yeah, it would, it would be dope. And if you like this stuff, share it because that's how like people like me and people like V and, you know, like that's how we grow and make fans and do our thing. So like, mm-hmm. um, if you have any questions, like people in the community are usually pretty friendly. They can be a little trolly, but they'll usually Obviously, tell you yeah. when they're going to be a little trolly, <laughs> especially with VPC stuff. Um, but if you have ever wanted to get into the nerdcore scene, now is the time, mm-hmm. especially with VPC going on. And uh, listen to our stuff and vote them on Sailor Doom. <laughs> yes, vote Sailor Doom. Oh, wait. I don't want a other nerdcore artists attacking me. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you're here, right? <laughs> oh, it's so crazy. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. Um, so yeah, um, before we close out, um, aside from like BPC, now here's the part. Is there anything else that you would like people to know before I ask you about your handles? Okay. Um, so like I said, my name is Twill, Twill Distilled. Twill, like Trill with a W and distilled like vodka. Um, I make EDM, pop, nerdy solo music. And then I'm also in a group with, called Wreck the System, spelled normally, spaces, Wreck space the space system mm-hmm. um and we do more of like edm rap hip-hop kind of stuff um and then also like it like we talked about i'm doing a weekly free web comic on uh webtoon called uh invader the adventures of starhopper and husky and again it is free i'm gonna sneeze oh my god <laughs> sorry <laughs> i was on a roll um <laughs> Um, so yeah, you should definitely check that out and read it, and um, and you should definitely stream my music on Spotify. <laughs> and uh, I guess two pieces of the random advice that nobody asked for is it literally costs nothing to be nice to people, so be nice to people, mm-hmm. and uh, be the adult you needed as a child. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one a lot. Yeah, so thanks again, Twill, for, for being here. Me. Yeah, no, I'm so glad that you finally are here, um, that you're now in my catalog forever. No, I'm just joking, but like, no, I'm absolutely glad that we like are here together and doing this yes. interview. Like, the, you've been so, you, you're such a gem. Like, <laughs> it's like the one word I call everyone, but like, no, seriously, like a nice sparkly gem, and I absolutely love like having you here. So those who are listening, you can find Twill on most of her actual, like on her social medias, it's all just Twill Distilled. So mm-hmm. all spelled together. All spelled uh, together. Uh, if you Google Twill Distilled, I promise you I'm the only person who shows up. So that's the one thing about having a really weird name. <laughs> Saw me, baby. <laughs> And like, you know, if anybody gets lost in the sauce, just find maybe like red hair. She got, I mean, you color your hair so many different colors, but like the it's most popular right one is like, is red. It's either red or purple. <laughs> Generally, um, I need to make a new one. Generally, if I'm at a con, I'll have a huge ass bow on my head. Oh, like okay. that is usually how you can find me. I'll have to send you a photo. Um, but like, I, I will perform with a huge bow on my head while rapping. Like literally it's like this big. <laughs> Um, and it like weighs two pounds and I have a headache by the end of the set. It's great. <laughs> How many like pins does it take this to keep it in there? So, so actually the bow that I was wearing on stage, I retired it when I did my last album invader and it was sold off as a Kickstarter prize as mm-hmm. on Indiegogo. Oh, so, nice. uh, so somebody bought it. 
which was cool. Um, and it was a bitch to ship in a shadow box, but it. <laughs> so I sew because I went to school for fashion design, so I know how to mm-hmm. sew and make things and everything like that. So I don't pin it into my hair. What I ended it ended up doing was I had like a thick headband and I sewed it into the so uh, I made the bow uh, okay. and the bow is like stuffed with like interfacing so it's very <laughs> like and then it's mercilessly like sewn into a headband so it wouldn't go anywhere so Bless. Absolutely. that's why it was always like perfect is because it's on a headband <laughs> I used to I used to bobby pin it and like you can do that but like I'd have to do like 15 pins and by the end of the night it's like a rat's nest trying to get it out <laughs> so that's my and then you wake up and advice. you find <laughs> oh yeah so that's my last piece of advice if you make a hair bow don't pin it in sew it to a headband your head will thank you <laughs> absolutely all right thank you again for listening to this episode of don't cast and drive featuring the lovely twill distilled don't forget to follow uh don't cast and drive social media as well as um just social media. I guess we just have social media. I'm so sorry. I'm like scattered brain today. Social media. So you'll find Don't Cast and Drive on uh, our Spotify as well as our SoundCloud and our Apple podcasts under Lady Blurred's podcast. We are together as a network. So you'll find all the interviews there. Don't worry. It will be especially labeled. So that way you can find it. Uh, But other than that, again, this is Sometimes Beat and here to build distilled and we'll be seeing you next time. Wait, wait for the drone.